1: Oh, Alright, Three, two, one. <laughs> Welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gab fest where in a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, <gasps> identity, culture, what we like to read, and who we like to read. Ah! Food for Thought. Don't call it a comeback, but you can come on our back. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, no. Honestly... I just mm-hmm. after that intro, now I've decided uh, done. I, I quit. And um, this will be our last episode. Yeah, it's time. Uh, <laughs> goodbye.
1: RIP moratorium. <laughs> we don't need to do this anymore. As, as Sharon Walker done. said at our live show, they shouldn't really? have given us rights. They just shouldn't have given us rights. Thank God. <laughs>
3: Uh, no really truly we did we we didn't deserve it then we don't deserve it now
2: listen y'all we heard you over the past like what six nine months we've received so many dms um saying when is food for thought gonna come back when is food for thought gonna come back and my loves our production schedule is very sadly at the mercy of the pandemic Uh, but hopefully it won't be too Mm -hmm. much longer before we're back in the studio. However, in honor of February, the month of love, we thoughts wanted to send you a little Valentine in the form of a four part Mm. series of episodes released each week um, to hold you over until the next season. So you can think of this as a, you know, like a sultry affair. First we'll (laughs) fantasize (laughs) about each other, and then our crush will go into attraction and to thirst. Um, and after maybe we go on a date or two, we're kind of hoping you'll take us home. So uh, we hope you enjoy this little series, y'all. Um, are y'all excited for February slash thought, thought you wary? Is that, a, is that a thing? Can we make that a thing?
3: That's definitely not a thing. It's, <laughs> it's not a thing. I, I just, the, it's, it's just the shortest month of the year. So there are fewer it's, days to have to survive. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that part of it. Ooh,
4: love that. It's the perfect month for a little thought revival because it's short, no huge commitment. Um, it, Kind of like the way we all like our relationships, to be honest.
3: <laughs> not me. Not, not me.
1: Kind of 100, oh. Dennis. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank- Ind- indicative
2: of how long I last in bed, to be
1: honest. No, I'm just <laughs> that, is, that is accurate.
2: Y'all know me. I set my 10-minute egg timer and then... Time's up.
4: Then you're like, you're like, I have shit to do. She's got, she's got errands to run, a world to take over. How is everyone's like last nine
3: months? <laughs> How's, How's everyone doing?
2: How
4: fucking dare
2: you ask me that question, Joseph? You of all people know and understand how triggering and upsetting that question is, and how that topic is for me. Of how are, you, oh, how am
3: I? Okay. How are you? How are you doing, Fran? <laughs> how are y'all doing? How are you doing, Joe? Let's see, how do you like it? It's, it's it's so fun to have everyone in the whole world be as anxious and miserable as I am. Uh,
4: <laughs> that
2: so. is actually tea. Go on.
3: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's, Honestly, it's,
2: Joe, it's your Twitter is no
4: longer an outlier in terms of yeah. <laughs> how emotional it 100%. is. 100%. If anything, <laughs> I like, now go to your Twitter when I want to calm down. Calm, <laughs> calm, yes. <laughs> which, I know. which I never Truly. thought would happen. I never thought I would see the day.
3: <laughs> it's so true. It's just like, let's turn the emotional temperature down. Let's see how Joseph Osmondson let's is see. doing. <laughs> Some light humor sometimes
4: now and then is on your Twitter too. Like, yeah, it's, it's become, it's become a resource for me of, of calm. Um, I don't know. I feel like I, this whole like situation and experience has really, um, turned me inside out and upside down. I feel like I'm moving into <laughs> 2021 in a lot of ways as a whole new person, which um so you're rose budding. I am Dennis. absolutely rose budding. I mean, no,
1: no. You make that. everything so
4: gross. <laughs> uh, and honestly, are we surprised I am that much of a bottom? That has not changed. <clears throat> that has not changed. Um and I don't expect it to change, but we'll see. You never know. But yeah, I'm do- doing okay, doing okay. Missing you guys a lot. I really miss being in the studio with you like in person. I just miss that feeling and that energy, but it's nice to I see your face. Oh, I miss
1: snacks. Like <laughs> yeah. studio snacks. You know what I mean? Like I miss the snacks. We would make out like bandits. <laughs> that Tommy, is true. I
2: mean, I, I, that reminds me, I meant to ask you how are how are you and the um bed of empty hot pockets and flaming hot Cheetos that you're currently
1: lying in uh doing. <laughs> Bitch, they are boxes of empty bagel bite the empty bagel bite boxes, oh, right. Okay, bagel bite, it's too. not Hot pockets. I don't do hot pockets. They're bagel vipage and they're great. Wait, did you? Hot
3: pockets were just recalled. Yes, like they
1: just
2: recalled every hot (laughs) 700,000 pounds of hot pockets recalled for
4: having broken glass inside. Oh my god. (laughs) That's horrible. And metal. Teeps, throw them out <laughs> right now. You need to find a new snack.
1: I don't have Hot Pockets. I have bagel bites. God <laughs> yeah. damn it.
2: Listen, everyone knows if you want an ethically sourced Hot Pocket, you're going to go to Dennis. You to
1: know Dennis. what I mean? Yes, Dennis's yes. yes. Dennis's. My
4: hot pocket is, hot is always, to yes. My Hot Pocket <laughs> is always ethically sourced and ready to go
1: lean
3: pockets in this this metaphor I want to know what the little sleeve is that Dennis's hot pocket goes in in the microwave meanwhile my pocket is ice cold
2: (laughs) my pocket is frigid mom tepid pocket,
4: just like the
1: center of a hot pocket my (laughs) lukewarm pocket my room temperature (laughs) pocket
4: (laughs) I mean just stick her in the microwave and heat her up for a couple minutes you'll get her where you need to be warm and creamy
3: oh no like a dirty volcanically
4: sponge. hot no. full of it cheese in your mouth
3: yes
1: <laughs>
3: oh, full of
1: cheese and oh, sauce oh no we're moving on we're moving we're on we're moving on hi i'm tommy teeps pico an indigenous american poet screenwriter tv writer all that kind of stuff and i'm actually just a human-sized bag of coffee at this point i have not slept <laughs> yeah. in a week <laughs> Uh, my
2: name is Fran. I'm a writer. I'm an editor. Uh, and I have a brand new Adderall prescription, y'all. Uh, let me tell you, I'm terrified. I am <laughs>
1: terrified. Get ready. And get ready. Should be scared. Scared. Fran, let's let's have an Adderall and go to the plant store. Ooh, I would love that. I would love that. <laughs> Your credit card is not gonna love it. It's just yeah, buy I've spent store. a lot at
3: that plant store, Teebs. <laughs> i'm joseph Osmondson, scientist nonfiction writer and what happens when the world's anxiety dream comes true I'm sorry everybody <laughs> this is all my
4: fault oh. <laughs> it sen- sends you to your hap. it's not i i think of it as not your fault i think of it as white supremacy's fault i just think of i blame everything at the hands of white supremacy you are our fair, light bright so so you <laughs> unfortunately have a hand in that but it's not all your fault um <laughs> I am Dennis Norris II. I'm a reader and a writer, a former figure skater. And um, y'all, it's a pandemic. I'm drinking Beaujolais so I can get beaujolais Oh, Boo. beaujolais Yes. Boo. Beaujolais. I need it. Come at me. Slide, Slide into the away. DMs. And we can, we can have hot talk until it's safe to fuck again.
1: All right. So who wants to tell us what we got on the menu today?
2: I can tell you. So this is our episode about... Fantasy. Um, Alex, if you could uh, just uh, add in like a an echo, like a, a, a really um, weird echo and maybe like some fantasy noises here, that would be spooky, spooky, great. Spooky, yeah. Spooky, yeah. Spooky, spooky, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Um,
2: so, you know, we're going to start up with a little fun game that we used to play about gay erotica. We are going to, you know, escape a little more with some book recommendations for all of y'all. After our meat and potatoes, we're going to polish it off with the thing that you will stream and watch and binge immediately after this podcast is over. We promise you're going to love it. Anyways, Mm.
1: take Take it 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 away. I'm feeling a little peckish. Let's start the top of the show the way any good top should, with a little tease, our uproarious appetizer segment, Amuse Bouche. And uh, to amuse your Bouches, I believe Fran has a little game for us. That's right, y'all. Today, we are playing our long-awaited
2: game called... The Plot Thickens, Uh, a really good game name. I don't know who thought of that, honestly, but in this game, if you don't remember, uh, I am going to read a little series of plot summaries from real gay erotic book titles. I cannot stress enough that these are real titles from real books that that you can purchase if you so Google and want to. Um, I'm going to read two summaries per title, got it? I'm gonna read two different summaries and you thoughts are going to decide which is the real one, the one that is actually on the back of this book and which is the one that I have fabricated from my own so disgusting, exciting. We haven't disgusting imagination. We have done this so long. Um, are y'all ready? Yes. yes. I I'm will excited. never be,
1: so we should just get started.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, the first book title that we are going off of is called Pinocchio and the Wooden Circus Plot. Ah! P- Pinocchio and the Wooden Circus
1: Plot. Okay. I'm, not ready. I'm not ready. I already Pinoc- hate everything about this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, um, this is the fir- first summary. First summary. The year is 1883, Tuscany, when the poverty-stricken carpenter Geppetto Cardolini has, unbeknownst to him, carved his latest creation from an enchanted block of wood. Pinocchio, the dildo-nosed puppet, is born. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow! Well, yes. To get. Together, they have ragtag sexual adventures and make some friends along the way, including Hole Master Stromboli, Putanella the Blue Fairy, and Jizzany <laughs> Cricket.
3: Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. I've I've never wanted to do cocaine before, but now that there's a penis nose, I You're <laughs> I must, ready. I, I
1: must. Honestly, it was the ragtag for me.
4: <laughs> I'm sorry, Jizzany Cricket. Jizzany t- Cricket.
3: It's the stromboli for me, it's the stromboli.
2: Um, summary, summary number two, summary number two. On One Night Out in Boston. Sorry. I just love that it's- <laughs> In Boston. Just no, no. I love that it's Boston. I'm sorry. No,
1: I hate in, in Boston. In
2: Boston, stepbrothers. Joe and Brian party encounter a living and cage dancing life size wooden doll imprisoned by the owner of Club Clio, Vincenzo. 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 With the help of Jiminy Cricket, the boys embark on a mission to set Pinocchio free and hopefully keep his nose out of too much trouble.
3: (laughs) Oh my God! (laughs) I, I think the first one is Fran. I. The year 1883...
1: Full
0: stop. The Tuscany. Tuscany. Full stop. Yes. Like,
1: the Stromboli. I mean, that was Fran. That was Fran. Yeah, yeah. Gis- okay. Str- I, I mean, Gisany I do believe, cricket. like, a night out in Boston. It's just, like, Boston, my dude? Like, yeah. that is, the mo- that is like, the least, like, least erotic-sounding city. It's not Sleepless in Boston. It's not <laughs> Boston I Love You. No, there is nothing good about Boston. That is Boston true. Boston Airport, they continually play... The John Mayer cover of EXO by Queen B, and I think that that is homophobic. It is racist. It's able. It's all the isms. Like I hate Boston so much, and it is because Logan Airport plays the EXO cover by John Mayer. And I don't. I can't. I'm not here for it. I can't stand it. It's not my ministry. It is not of God. <laughs> I didn't know that existed. <clears throat> Me wow. either. I'm. I'm really upset that you've now taken up
2: my Put valuable brain my, space with yeah. that information. Um, you know, y'all. I I think the podcast already knows this, I'm very into stepbrother stuff. So that very well could have been of my imagination. But if you, the consensus is that I wrote the first one. Yes. You are correct. You are correct. (laughs) I did write write the first
3: one. No one's surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been so sure of something in my life. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Jizzany cricket, you bitch. Full stop. <laughs> that was
2: genius. Genius that can only be attributed to me. Um, okay, our next summary. I'm sorry, our next book title, our next book title is called The Legend of Sleepy
4: Butthole.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's about
0: Dennis. <laughs> it
4: about Dennis. 100%, it's actually my autobiography.
2: The Autobiography of Dennis. <laughs> okay, this is again, a real book title. Um, summary number one. Vicabod Crane is new to the town of Sleepy
3: Butthole. A recently- <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh my God. <laughs> A recently hired school teacher who's looking forward to calling this beautiful Hamlet home, Unfortunately, she quickly discovers the townsfolk here are not as kind as she hoped. Now, Vikabad is headed out to Old Bridge on the night of the full moon, searching for the legendary Headless Butt Woman. (laughs) 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 Wow, wow, that's special. And here's option number two, here we go. The Legend of Sleepy Butthole. Ichabut Crane is the mayor of Sleepy Butthole, and he has no tolerance for the gang of Yankees that has taken over his town with their shenanigans and engorged cod pieces. But but Ichabut's attempts to thwart the scallywags are brought to a sudden halt by the telltale headless ghost haunting the living after being decapitated by a tragic blowjob accident
3: i mean come on yeah. fran, that's definitely number, you number
4: two, <laughs> number, fran. Two. number two is fran <laughs> number two is fran
1: number
3: two is a hundred percent It really should have done Ichabut. a job with you. Oh my god <laughs> the Ichabut.
1: other thing is i the other reason why i know you didn't write the first one is i honestly cannot imagine you writing the word hamlet For the name of the town. True. You know, I thought about I thought about editing
2: it out to to throw you off, but you know, I I think it's a testament to my writing ability that you are able to guess right away. That's what I I also take it as a compliment. We know your voice. (laughs) Um, Okay, fine. I did write the second one. That's fine. These next two are a little harder. Okay. (laughs) Nope. That's that's what he said. (laughs) The title is again a real title. Turned gay by dinosaurs. Colon. A billionaire dinosaur forced me gay. Oh is
1: this my god. Em- Chuck Tingle. Is this a Chuck Tingle? Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm-
2: Emphasis on the colon there. Oh my
1: <laughs> god. Is,
2: Turn gay by dinosaurs. Colon. A billionaire dinosaur forced me gay. The year is 2014, and dinosaurs have gained control of the world economy due to exceptionally accurate stock predictions. After <laughs> After graduating from NYU with a business degree, John is hired to be the assistant for one of the largest trading firms on Wall Street. His boss, the CEO of the company, is highly regarded as the best businessman of the century. The only difference is, he's a dinosaur. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, I hate Turn- you, Fran. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Turn gay by dinosaurs, Colin, A billionaire dinosaur forced me gay. Professor William Harden... Sorry. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it, friend.
1: That was you. You did this, that. didn't you? Yeah. You did this one. This is all you, isn't it? Professor,
2: <laughs> Professor William Harden has been researching the crustaceous period his entire life, but years of schooling didn't prepare him for the Great Recession. Desperate and broke, William summons to life the great Lord Coccasaurus and, <laughs> and his <laughs> crony and his cronies Pterodictal and triceratop who are sickened <laughs> by the world's corporate greed there's only one way to save yourself turn gay or be eaten
3: can i do can i do oh both oh my god you think i you think can- i wrote both that would actually no, be a Can w- I can, can I both turn gay and be eaten? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, that's I feel I like I you do that all the time. Oh,
2: yes. um, I'm sure that's an option. I mean, I, I think that would be a particularly. Um, I think that that that's that the you sequel and Prim- Yeah, and you and Army Hammer maybe share that that that. Uh, oh, <laughs> no. oh Oh,
4: we went that, there. That want and need to be eaten went there. <laughs> oh. I think Fran wrote the first one. I think fran wrote the first one and the second one is is the real summary
1: i think fran i think fran wrote the second one I see. um the first one is heavy on the billionaire part and why yeah. and the why of the billionaire and i just feel like i i don't imagine that the the, the the detail that they're in power because of Uh, stock option, like, of, like, well-placed stock. I I just, I don't, I I don't feel like, as a writer, excuse me, Fran, would have... So atomized that aspect of the plot. You don't,
2: you don't think I would? I would, uh, uh, you know, throw in a graduating from NYU with a business degree. Yes,
3: yes. So uh-huh. that makes me think it's you. But I've noticed that all of the ones that have good puns, like paradictal, uh, are usually That's you. That's true too.
4: That is true. So yeah. I'm
3: going. I'm going with you having written Great Lord Cacosaurs and his cronies Paradictal and Triceratop bitch. Tricer. Only you. Only you would come up with Triceratops. Damn it, you got me. Okay,
2: <laughs> fine, I wrote that one. But I really thought that I was gonna throw you guys with the NYU business degree and the, and the, and the, <laughs> the, the you know, the, the kind of um, light commentary on American capitalism. If anybody wants to to gaze at the uh, uh the the doc, I had some really good runners up. Uh, being one of them being Fifty
1: Shades of Foreskin. I pray for your search history. That's all I have to say. The, <laughs> you know, your algorithm is <laughs> fucked, bitch. <laughs> oh my god. For our next course, we have a brand spankin' new segment called Book Club, or perhaps. Face down, book up. <laughs> that's not, we're not calling that's, that's, it that. I, um, that's, that's, that's I support that. That's, I support that, I do. Stop this. I do. Uh, we're going to ram <laughs> Robin on some book recommendations. Who wants to go first?
2: I will say it. I, I'm really excited for this brand new segment of, of rapid fire book recommendations because we all need a little escapism right now. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, so going along the theme of escapism, I (laughs) recently read and am recommending uh, the book Black Marxism. Yes, love Marxism. (laughs) Love to escape with a little Marxist Um, literature. It's it's by Cedric Robinson. It was from the 80s. I read it first after college and was doing a reread in 2020 for no reason whatsoever. Uh, but I think it's essential reading for um, white leftists or white Marxists like me who may have read a lot of the Marxist classics. Mm. Um, the book really tackles um, how the rise of capitalism from feudalism is is alongside and entirely fueled by the slave trade. So one cannot disambiguate them whatsoever. Uh, and it, it's a critique of Marxism Marxism that doesn't throw Marxism out. It just asks, where does it come from and what is actually useful for? Um, Some of the concepts (laughs) that I just, like, gagged at, um, he calls, like, white Western history structured ignorance. Wow, um, that's iconic. Which is, which is just like, you know, it doesn't, the fact that white folks are ignorant to how important slavery was in the rise of capitalism, not because, not by accident, but because our history is 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 structured that way and i just feel like this is critical you know i read this first right after college in like 2006 2007 when there really was no um left in america to speak of and there has been a, a, you know a, a burgeoning a left voice in american politics in in the last 20 years and i'm very grateful for that but i think that a lot of the very dogmatic uh, dsa marxist folks um would would use this text as, as a great thing. I'm just going to read a little tiny bit from it. Uh, he says, Marxism has ultimately failed to come to terms with nationalism, with consciousness, with racism, with Western civilization, with industrialization, and with the history of Black people. Now, that doesn't mean that Marxism needs to be thrown out entirely, but we really need to read deeper and understand what's useful in it and what's not. Highly recommend.
2: Joe, do you think that, for as someone who has not personally read like a, a full book on Marxism, is this still a good yep. intro text, or do I need a little more of a cursory understanding in order to dive into a book like this?
3: No, I actually think it's, it's pretty plainly written for uh-huh. theory. Okay. Um, I, you know it, The Communist Manifesto is pretty short and pretty easy to read. So if you want to read the Manifesto, definitely not Marx's Capital, but maybe the Manifesto would be useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it, it's not a, a, a tough read. But actually the thing that he does in the first third of the book is trace Marxist history. And so we're really talking through what Marx argued, what's happened since Marx argued that. So there's this big thing in Marxism where Marx really said um, the 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 revolution was going to come from the proletariat, the working class. And then in history, we see that it largely comes from like mostly agricultural workers and, and not actually like a fully formed sort of proletariat. And that's always been this big thing that people are. So he kind of, he goes through all of that. So it's definitely something that even if you haven't read a ton of Marx or any Marx, uh, it actually will teach you a lot of of both what mark said and the argument subsequent to it
2: sounds like a, a
3: salient read for any bernie bro out there as well <laughs> yeah seriously that's why i wanted to talk about it i can't it's just like r.i.p my mentions yeah
2: Ooh. <laughs> oh <laughs> so i'm reading detransition baby by teray peters and i i cannot recommend this book enough um the, a lot of the projects that I've been working on over the last, like, year or or two, like, I, I means that, like, I never, ever, ever read fiction, which is really sad. I spend a lot of my time reading, like, reporting, research, essays, nonfiction, stuff like that. And I, I'm really—when I op- cracked this book open, because Tere is, like, someone whose work I have admired and I also knew, like, about it when she was working on this book and, and helped her write a little bit of it um, through something— Mama, it did not disappoint. Uh, Like, within 30 pages, I was hooked. It is dark, funny, twisted, lambast. And I think that for, like, a lot of trans and non-binary folks, there's a lot of, like, Insider baseball kind of like humor that is very reflective and healing and relatable. Um, because we just never get to see trans and non-binary folks painted this in this way. A lot of time when we read books about trans people, it's like some kind of trauma porn or some kind of like, you know, triumphant narrative. And this book is just just funny, and dark, and um, fo- it, so the story follows three people, a trans woman, her ex who recently detransitioned from woman back to man, and the ex's new girlfriend. So after the girlfriend gets pregnant, the ex goes back to the trans woman and asks if she wants to raise a kid together, all three of them, as this new kind of co-parenting structure. And let me tell, it is just so, so funny, and but then tender at the same time. And if you just read the first scene, which describes an extremely toxic relationship with a married man uh, slash fuck buddy, uh, it is simultaneously devastating, but then laugh out loud funny. And I also felt attacked as someone who has experienced something, maybe not similar, but adjacent to <laughs> that experience.
3: I mean, already, friend, you're 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 like feeling human emotions. I
2: know, right? Isn't that isn't that so, wild? So the book I is mean, incredible.
3: damn the cover
2: (laughs) is also really cute it's a really good cover the cover is
4: gorgeous i've been seeing this book everywhere and i'm super super excited to read it it sounds incredible and just yeah like a sort of life portrayal of trans folks amazing super exciting dennis so I am technically rereading this book right now. Um, I just needed the voice in my life um, starting in 2021. But I'm rereading the novel Temporary by Hillary Leichter. Um, I mean, full disclosure, Hillary is one of my very best friends and I would love this book anyway, but it is absolutely incredible. One of the best books published um, in 2020. It's a novel and it's basically a quirky, funny and like unbelievably timely just in the way that everything worked out. Um, critique of late capitalism through the eyes of a temp. We follow her um, and she's unnamed through a series of jobs that dip wholeheartedly into the surreal. So she these are just a few examples. She fills in for a chairman of the board at a major corporation. When he dies, she has to carry around his ashes because he still intends to fully be a man about town. She's sent to live in a beautiful house where she opens and closes <laughs> doors at specific intervals because she's filling in for a ghost. She's a pirate and walks the plank <laughs> um, and a department store mannequin. And for me, my My favorite of her jobs um, is when she is filling in for a mother and then she has to be taken away, taken from the job because she's become too emotionally attached to the child that she's been caring for.
3: Right. Mothers aren't allowed to feel attached. <laughs> Not allowed at all. How dare how how you? <laughs> um, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. A department
2: store mannequin? That is yeah.
4: so funny. I and she's like moved into list. like different, like her body, her limbs are moved into different positions. She also has, um, I think like 20 boyfriends, um, all of whom know about each other and they see and support her in different shifts. She has the handy boyfriend, the caffeinated boyfriend, the earnest boyfriend who removes spiders but doesn't kill them. Um, and through all of this, our temp is searching for what's called the steadiness which means a permanent job um, I you love this book it's a romp it's a pretty quick it can be a pretty quick read um, the voice is just absolutely beautiful and lyrical and I came away from it with the overarching message um, that capitalism will not save us and will not save any of us not nary a single one of us and then I, I knew this look at <laughs> yeah, you I knew this already Brave. because I know Joseph Osmondson <laughs> <laughs> um, but what a way to be reminded
3: Temporary oh, by Hilary Lekter. I mean it's it's amazing that, you know, someone successfully satirizes a system that so often satirizes itself. Did you all see that Elon Musk is literally planning to let people buy their way to Mars with indentured servitude once they arrive? I saw that. Oh
4: I did see that. Yes, I saw that. I was like, what? oh my God. Oh my God. Oh. Ridiculous. Wow. Yeah.
2: Honestly, yeah. I mean, the story about 700,000 pounds of Hot Pockets being recalled. <laughs> just just <laughs> The new cycle oh, is gold. Uh, yeah
1: the dystopia is
3: real the dystopia I will is real take all of the glass filled hot pockets and carefully pick out the glass and eat them
1: yeah um noted moving <laughs> up moving on <laughs> moving on um my book recommendation it came out in 2019 it's a book of poetry so ew, ew. Uh, yeah gross <laughs> uh, disgusting it's um called Eyes Bottle Dark with a Mouthful of Flowers, written by Jake Skeets, a uh, Danae poet, Black Shriekwood, Born for Water's Edge, uh, queer. Um one of my favorite poets. This is definitely my favorite book of 2019. And mostly I like it. I, I like it because it's extremely well written. I mean, we run the National Poetry Series. Um and 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 Jake himself has won, you know, the the Boston ugh, Boston uh Discovery Award. Um but I think it's illustrative of what i what what we mean what we talk about when we say representation matters that um the cover of the book is a very famous richard avidon photo called drifter and it's a picture of this Mm. man benson james and benson james is actually jake's uncle and through and through the book and through the poems in the book we we are we we are re-imbued with benson james's humanity because up until this point this photograph has been a fetish Right. It's a popular representation of an American Indian person by a white man, by a white Mm -hmm. photographer. Mm -hmm. And it's like what happens when we are in charge of telling our stories is, you know, indigenous people haven't historically been in charge of telling our own stories. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a fetish. Right. And it's through um, Jake's articulation of of Benson and and of the world and of Gallup, of New Mexico, of Diné, uh, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. that that this this person, and not only Jake, but also Benson James, is allowed humanity again. You mm. know, and I like—I I don't want to p- hammer too fine a point onto it, just because I don't want to mention it too much. But I am currently writing an episode of television for a show that is the first all-native writers' room in the history of Hollywood. Yeah, um, yes. you know, my, so my energy is a little bit subdued because I got like two hours of sleep last night, if that. But um, but it's just this whole process has been so exhausting but in the best way because this is the most authentic piece of native american pop culture to appear on television in history bitch so like so when we're telling our stories and and we're writing these episodes and we're introducing these characters and these concepts and these places and 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 and, and yeah and these locations and i was i watched the pilot again last night and i just cried because Mm, it's just the person who did like the props was Native. You know what I mean? Like, this show is in its DNA so Native um, mm-hmm. that it's, it's just, yeah, 2020 fucking sucked, but Native people really spun that shit into gold, I gotta tell you.
3: And what's, uh, it, what's this show
1: called and when's it out, teams? Uh It's called Reservation Dogs from Taika Waititi and Sterling Harjo, and it'll be out probably, uh, I mean, it'll, I think, I think they might be going into pre-production in two weeks, so we gotta finish yes! these scripts really quick, but um, it'll probably be out in the fall on Hulu and FX
3: yes oh, so i cannot cannot wait, wait. to see it
1: and teebs,
2: i actually have this book on like my stack of galleys here at home so i'm actually i'm so
1: excited to pick it up what is it called again eyes bottle dark with a mouthful of flowers by danae poet jake skeets love yes mm, it's time we got to the meat of our discussion the thought process spelled t-h-o-t T-H-O-T. T-H-O-T. we almost got it that time not really it's fine <laughs> <But> the- <laughs> uh so who wants to sling our meat this week
2: uh no <laughs> oh, not that
1: but it is it is me um
2: so my my ghouls and girlies, the last time we talked about fantasy, it was with J.P. Brammer, I think season three, question mark? And it was more so a conversation about the genre of fantasy and sci-fi, you know, talking animals, aliens, witchcraft, dragons. Uh, but this time we're talking about something much scarier, um, a different kind of fantasy, the sexual kind. Uh, In cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, fantasy work is often... (laughs) Come on, I'm trying to be the Joe of this conversation, okay? Uh, You know, in therapy, fantasy work is often used to open up your brain to possibilities, right? Instead of mulling the what-ifs, fantasy can help you concretize that future and unravel the myth that your brain is telling you. But y'all... How many times has your fantasy of a situation absolutely not come true? Um,
1: fantasies can be helpful, but they can also let us down, right? Oh yeah, that's my whole thing about big dick. The fantasy is great. <laughs> the, the, the big dick in practice, not my friend. Not my whole, <laughs> not my whole's best friend. I'll tell you that much. Yeah,
2: so true, so true. Um, which leads me to ask, do y'all have like a, an ultimate sexual fantasy of some kind, or if not like the fantasy, at least like one of them, like for me personally, like this is so vanilla and I mean, not vanilla, but like people are gonna be like, really? Like I've actually never been double teamed, have never been spit roasted. And that is like something that I really, really want to do. Not necessarily my ultimate fantasy, but like on my checklist constantly top of mind for me
1: um that was that was the recommend. first story that was on our, pre- our 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 premiere episode our first episode i told a story about getting uh spit roasted and i said it felt like being a weird accordion <laughs> <laughs> mama that's right mama, mama and then your favorite thing about it was the pizza afterwards tommy
3: wings? Uh, yeah it was pizza or cha- whatever it
1: was it was wings i think it was yeah. wings. Uh, wings
2: i, I want to be Propped up onto meant like a barbecue rotisserie chicken mama. Like I, I halal if you spinning. hear me, like I just yeah, just spinning. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to be like a like a like a top. Um a spinning top, not a top a, top. Not a
3: top. <laughs> we don't
1: allow tops around here. No <laughs> tops allowed. <around. laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I think Margaret Cho had a joke about it where she was like, I felt like a power strip.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw that special.
3: I remember oh, that. Wow. What's your fantasy teams? Going to hey, don't bed. Say, <laughs> don't I was say just being say, left alone. Going to bed yeah. by, nine. Bed by
1: yeah, nine. Yeah, yeah. My, going- no, literally. Okay, literally. I tell you what, my <laughs> ultimate fantasy is: is if I were to be in a relationship, or if I were to be in a coupledom with somebody, it's that we have separate bedrooms. Oh, me too. Like my I love, ultimate, or, like I- or or if they lived across the street. Something like that, like, where I just, I have my boundaries, I need to have my space. My ultimate fantasy is that we have separate bedrooms. If that sounds like something that you want to, dear listener, please get in touch because too many of these hoes just want to be sleeping in the same bed as me and that ain't gonna happen. I'm so sorry. I second that to you. I know, I remember a while ago reading about,
2: um, back when Helena Bonham Carter and Tim Burton were, like, you know, like, partnered. They lived in two houses next to each other. And I was like, that is my fantasy or oh like on, it, it's very Whoopi goldberg and that headline of of like do you ever want to live do you ever want to marry someone she's like i don't want anybody in my house
3: no. yes <laughs> i yeah. i, I want to her. share a studio with my thruple oh, like, I, I, like I, want, I want to like be in a king bed with three people Ma- make it a
1: double with three people and just like on each other all the time i feel Mama, like you're a, a little, little, you get, you're. King. You're a little Buffalo Bill in the sense that I think I would imagine you wanting to wear the skin of your lovers. Even oh, to right. be my inside them. oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. yes. That
4: Joe, is Joe, I'm
2: just going to I'm just going to call it like I see it. Your fantasy does not ladder back to your morals. If you want to be in a throuple with a giant California king, you can't live in the apartment that you live in, in New York City. You need a big, giant apartment. You need a giant bed. You yeah. will have to you, no, you're subscribe right. to a
3: capitalist lifestyle. Yeah, because you'll, be well, you, no, you'll have to be rich. for you, you'll have to be rich.
2: If you want it, you'll have to be filthy rich. So
3: calling it like if, I said If I have to choose between Marxism and sex, I choose Marxism all the way. Lies, you're <laughs> a liar. I don't believe <laughs> I, that. liar. I don't believe that. I have to say my, you know, one of my longest standing fantasies, and I think it's one that I'll probably, never actually do but I love watching videos of of like a bottom just taking all comers
0: mm-hmm.
3: like mm-hmm. just like there's a room of like 10 people or you know the hotel room people can come and go and you're just lying there and you're just taking everyone and they all come in you that is like such a fantasy but like I don't I mean first of all it would take all afternoon you know Uh, And who has the the time? I feel
1: like after the first couple of minutes, I'd be like, I think I want out. (laughs) <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I know. I, I too would worry for my digestive system. However, that Joe is also like very, very hot to me. I have. A, I actually have a, a video recommendation. I
3: can. I can send you after. The, yeah. After the recording. Yes, please. And I. I mean, I definitely have friends who like had their boyfriends set up a gangbang for their birthday, which is just <gasps> so romantic. Oh, can you that's imagine? Like really, that's really, really loving. peak coupledom. oh Yeah, and it's like you know they got like the right number of people, like five, six. Yeah, not, six, too, many, not kinda, too many. Not too many. Not too. Many, not too few. Made mm. sure that they were all, you know, someone that the boyfriend would find. Attractive I assume was pre pandemic. <laughs> absolutely pre pandemic. <laughs> yes, there was. They were not wearing KN 95s mm. while they were plowing. Oh, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I would do it, but I'd be a,
2: a full body hazmat suit, which is a, a cutout yes. of my whole.
3: No. <laughs> you know, and that that is a, a good risk mitigation strategy. Man. There we go. I, 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 am, I am proud of you for that. Thank you. Thank oh you. my goodness. Well, what about you so well you guys have kind of stolen
4: two of mine like i certainly want to be a bottom the only bottom in a room of not 10 like 50 tops it's not (laughs) it's not an (laughs) afternoon it's like 48 hours um oh no and and i like that that's and the room is not a hotel room it's like disgusting and grungy and like Awful. The
3: chafing, Dennis. Think of the chafing. Oh, well,
4: listen, there's lube everywhere. They have to use lube. <laughs> like they have to use lube. But that's that is like one fantasy of mine. But also one thing that I've been like thinking more about um in the last couple of years is I'm curious to try being someone's sub. Like all in like like being like whips and all kinds of things. Like I'm I'm just curious. Um, To try that so it's I don't know if it's a total fantasy because I don't know if I'd like it but like I want to try it
1: I feel like being a sub in general and and even being a bottom to like an emotional bottom like that is a fantasy of mine but then the reality of it I would just be so mad at that person. You can't fucking tell me what to do. What the fuck? No, I don't want to lick your goddamn disgusting, dirty, nasty toenail fucking feet. No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm not doing anything I, you tell me to. I would resent. I resent anyone who tells me what to do. That, that is, is true. You, you do.
4: do. You do. I,
1: I've
3: I've read your emails to your editor of the <laughs> books, and it's like, what what do you what did you say? If 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 you want to write a book, write a book. Oh, yeah. Who? If you have edits, then write your book. That's what I said. Yes, <laughs> yes. I I love be, so being a sub with the right person that you trust a lot is absolutely a fantasy that has gone very well for me. It's mm. so
2: fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that I, I'm I'm also you know you, you know me. I'm I'm a dom I'm a in the streets and a, and a sub in, in the sheets, as they say. Wow, I sound so out of touch just saying that. Let's let's we'll we'll, re- we'll edit that out. Alex. Um, no,
3: no, but no, keep it. Keep it. <laughs>
2: But I will say, Dennis, I'm less concerned for the chafing and more concerned for the fact that after that fuck session, your your, your butthole is going to look like that that sinkhole monster in Star Wars. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. The,
4: the just- I feel <laughs> like I would need to have a reconstructive surgeon on hand in the next room. Like, you know that ready to rec- go. Mama,
2: rectal reconstructive surgery is not fun. You can't have sex for six months after. i Oh
3: done my research. God.
2: You've done the research I've done the research for... <laughs> But for
3: for journalistic purposes, everyone knows literally uh, for, for, literally bottoms once and gets re- whole reconstructive no, surgery. Sh- shut up! I, I, that
2: was journalistic purposes. Everyone knows yeah. that my 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 hole is famously airtight, mama. Ty- na- <laughs> national security type. Just kidding. I mean, based on based on how our capital was rated, our security is. Is truly not
3: yeah right. that's not but anyway not- <laughs> yeah. yeah. i want my butthole rated better than the ca- deeper than the capital that's what i want. <gasps> it's been so long <laughs> oh my yes. god oh my god but yeah <laughs> that is my fantasy for 2021 yeah. i want to get vaccinated and then have my have my butthole absolutely rated can can we since we're on the topic about
2: you know just fantasy stuff in general is there we're, we're talking a little bit about about like porn and, and erotic horror, things that we consume on the internet that make us, like, horny. Um, what it does what y- y'all's, like, sexual digest and porn digest look like? And, and does it ever, are you ever, did you have to, like, learn from the beginning of the time that you started watching porn to, like, now about which fantasies were okay to perpetuate and which ones were, like, not healthy for you?
3: I'm all about Twitter porn these days. Me too. It feels so great to get porn content from the creators of that content and, um, you know, people who are having fun making that content, who interact with us, who watch it, who get money directly from us, who watch it. Um, You know, it's just, it's fun to watch all the relationships. It's like the Twitter porn people kind of know each other and have scenes with each other. And when two of your like favorite Twitter porn people do a scene together, it's like, the best. You're like so-and-so and so-and-so. <gasps> Woohoo!
1: Yeah. It's so good because when they do when they when they do personal vids, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, like because yeah. when I got once I got that once I got that writer's room money, I was like, oh, I can pay for things now. And, and then they i were the pay, only fam. Yeah, and pay to have somebody be like, Tommy. I want to put my big hard dick in your tight little hole. Yes, do it. Call me a bitch. <clears throat> Call me a bitch and say that you're going to come inside me. Those are the two requirements. <laughs> you know,
2: Joe, I actually s- created a porn alt because of you, and it has totally rev- revolutionized the way I consume porn. And one of my favorite things about it is um, there's so much more opportunity for discovery of new performers. Mm. Mm. Um, I feel like the, the kind of thing about my fantasies that I've had to unlearn over the time that I started consuming porn like eons ago is that you know when you a lot of times in your porn life you kind of just jack off to like the same things over and over and over again so same same videos same kinds of bodies same kinds of actors same kind of giant porn production conglomerates that you know have a monopoly over the entire industry and i think twitter and creating a porn alt has really as you said attuned me to my favorite porn actors and their friends, you know what I mean? Yep. And then by discovering their friends, you discover new accounts, that OnlyFans rotation yep. that you have, you keep switching it out, finding new people. Um, I, I've really loved that aspect
3: of it. It's so it's so fun. I actually realized in, in you talking about this that I've always fantasized not about, like when I'm jerking off or, um, having, you know, my my alone sex time, I fantasize about people. Mm-hmm. Like, like people I find hot. They could be people in my life or porn performers. And so the OnlyFans situation is amazing because I can sort of have this relationship with these people who I think, you know, they may post political stuff. I know them a little bit as people. I know some, some of their fantasies I know. And then when someone talks about what their fantasy is and then I get to see that performer have their fantasy and enjoy it, mm-hmm. It's it's like that, the erotic connection that I feel to those people is is only heightened and it totally becomes like something that I, even when I'm not watching that porn performer, you know, is erotic to me, is enjoyable to me. It's a like, I'm just such like, for me, uh, erotic connection is almost always tied to something deeper than just like the physical. Mm-hmm. It's almost always like there, there there's something about the person that I want to discover. Yeah, I relate to
4: that actually quite a bit. Because one of the things that I've noticed, and this was true like before COVID, but it's even more true during COVID, is that when I'm fantasizing and jerking off, a lot of times the type of sex that I'm fantasizing about is is like the more intimate sex that I've had in my life with partners that I was connected with, as opposed to sort of really hot, even <clears throat> like random situations or one night stands where it was just like take me to pound town um, mm-hmm. and so that's been a really interesting take me to pound town. I was going <laughs> to let Dennis get away with that okay? <laughs> listen I I love that phrase I think it's so funny um, and dumb but yeah and so that's been really interesting because the advent of only fans um, does allow for that in, in some serious ways I have even a few friends who do only fans um, and like and I support them and watch their videos and it's just a really um it's a much better way for me to like to enjoy my fantasies and to feel good about them and like a lot of the things that I've been sort of scared in the past to sort of um explore like maybe wanting to try being a sub like I've not watched a whole lot of porn like that because it's like scared me or like Mm-hmm. um gangbang porn. Like I haven't watched a whole lot of that because I I still felt some kind of shame around that desire and interest. And I find that like mm. having a way of consuming porn that allows me to be connected to the person that's producing it also
3: makes me feel safer to like explore those avenues. Yes. There's nothing gayer than subscribing to your friends OnlyFans. Yeah. It's the best thing in the world. It's like I support you. You're doing your thing. I'm giving you a little bread, mm-hmm. like and it's not weird. It, to me, it's not yeah, weird. Yeah, it's not weird. It's like, you know, well, it's, my friends are sexual beings. Right, you well, know? It's,
2: it's also not weird because this is their job. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. then, even if you know them, then they obviously have a relationship to... You know, their porn that is, it is a lot different than how you think about porn with this kind of like stigma and secrecy and all this different stuff. Yeah. And for them, it's just like you're, you're supporting them. And yeah, I, I, yeah. I have also loved subscribing to my, to my friends' OnlyFans.
1: Yeah. You know, for Teves? me, what's more, more important than the visual is the audio, personally. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. like, personally, I like to have. I, I my my thing is the you know the solo verbal shit Yep. and I like it when when my experience is narrativized to mm-hmm. me come put your hand on my thing I gonna put my thing in your thing like da 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 and I don't even like you know I've even started just getting into audio only yeah same so. wow. same yeah same
2: I, I'm imagining like a, a, us, you know, starting a, a new venture where we where we release like mini audio theater that is just porn. Porn audio theater. Mm-hmm. The old timey like well, you and I are the only people on this train car.
4: See, and I'm about to <laughs> put my big fat cock in your hole. See? Oh my. Well, okay, and 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 that I'm, voice just I'm cured my horniness for the first time yes. in nine months.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't need to get off ever again. Wow. Have you all heard of the the baiting trend? No baiting. Have you heard of What's baiting? baiting tra- Seen that? It it's it's short for, I mean, it's it's short for masturbating. Well, I know that. It's, it's, <laughs> Figured as much. It's this trend of, it's this trend where people, like, sort of view jerking off, or I, I guess it's like edging, but solo edging, where that's like, that's like the type of sex that they want. It's not like I jerk off because I don't have anything else to do. It's like, let me take two hours of my day, let me put on the good porn that I've been saving up all week, let me get my poppers out, and let me have a baiting session. Let me really, and it, I feel like it's just this thing that used to be, like, people would do it, but there's just been this, and it might be because of quarantine times or whatever that that is you know the type of sex to be aspired to but i love that i love that like we don't view jerking off and having fantasies and watching porn as something that we do because we can't get anything else but that it's actually something that we make time for that we are a relationship to our own sexuality is is viewed as something that we can cultivate and explore and try new things and invest time in a two hour block in your eye friend can you i have a friend who baited for 12 hours nope, no no wow. i'm sorry i do I'm not, not have the time
1: i love that look on other people i could never do that um <laughs> but 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 you know to each their own and if that's what you like to do and that's what you want to do baby you motherfucking get that shit yes yes i i have a question um where when does the fantasy end Mm. I think, you know, and this isn't to, to kink shame at all. I just mean, like, when I get, when I reach the edge, I'm like, oh, actually, I'm not into that. And it is, again, with the solo, like, like, like verbal shit, the the subcategory where the person is very explicitly saying, I'm putting a baby inside you. <laughs> Ooh, I'm that like, to oh, me. Oh, i that's love that. actually that. not. That is, my fantasy does not go in that direction.
2: That is actually, I have recently read about the kind of, th- there's like a gay male, like, kind of kink. In a lot for a lot of people about like wanting to put a baby inside a mm-hmm. game. Edit. And that actually is, is a little hot to me. I'm not going to lie. Right? <laughs> but, but to answer your question, I, I think that, you know, for me, as we're talking about it, you know, this can be fantasy can be both a positive and a negative thing when it comes to like sex with a partner. And, um, you know, I've had po- positive experiences, yes, but I've also had like negative experiences where like my th- my sexual partner is like, hello, where, where did you go? Girl, because I'm like dissociating so hard because I have like a sexual trauma that I'm trying to unpack in therapy, girl. Um, but uh, you know, for me, uh, I think that the, it, it, it's a it's a matter of if it's with a partner, is your partner a, a, still a part of that of that fantasy work? Um, even if it's only in your head, is it something that they still vibe with too? That is making sex fun for them as well. Um, I also think that you know we'll talk about a lot of this in the next episode, but. Um, the, the, the buildup to a person, if you haven't met them yet, meeting them is kind of the end of the fantasy sometimes. Yes. I hate hate to say it, not always, but a lot of times I feel like that hot, that, that attraction and that heat builds to the, the, the end of the fantasy. And that's not a bad thing, you know, ending a fantasy can traverse into something much deeper and, and more fulfilling. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my thought.
3: I, you know, I, I would an, I answer this question a little bit differently in 2020 and 2021 that I would have otherwise. Um, you know, my, my therapist sometime in the summer gave me permission. He was like, you know what? If you have a coping strategy that works, if you have something that makes you feel good in this year and it's not destructive to you, do that shit because we just need to we need to make it through. And so for me, you know, it's it's been like I just ask myself, is this harm? You know, is this harmful to me? You know, and if not, and it makes me feel good, I do it. Yeah. The fantasy, the fantasy can live on because it's getting us through.
0: Love.
1: I'm feeling full, but like I could fit one more thing inside of me. Dennis knows what I'm talking about. Always. So today we're going to end on our dessert. Fran, are, are you doing this one, Fran?
2: That's me. My dearest thoughts. This is the show of the year or the show of last year i should say um veneno on hbo max if you have not watched it is one of my favorite things i've ever watched on a screen and i know that i am not completely biased when i say that because every single person that i've recommended it to and i've recommended it to a a lot of people have come and reported back to me that it was their favorite thing they watched in the year as well like it it, it, it has been so far a hundred percent positive feedback about the show and i cannot stress enough how beautiful and wonderful it is um veneno is a mini series on hbo max that follows a somewhat fictionalized ish retelling of a real life Trans media personality um, Cristina Ortiz Rodriguez, aka La Veneno, which means the poison, um, essentially, Christy. It's really, it's really amazing. Um, Christina is uh, she basically goes viral uh, in the in the age that precedes viral media after appearing on a very popular Spanish late night talk show um, that sought to exploit her because she is a trans sex worker and a very you know, lambast and ridiculous and horny and sexy, like, kind of um, bimbo-esque character. Um, And the story that follows is essentially a community of trans sex workers that she comes from and their relationship surrounding Veneno's virality and then enter into this story a trans girl who decides that she's going to write Venena's story and she is, like, a a journalist student um, who's going to write the story. And so I can't even begin to... Like, there's so many different things to talk about with this show, but, like, it starts with the fact that, like, the performance chops in every single ensemble member of this show is incredible. And every single trans character is a trans person. There, there are three different actresses that play La Veneno in various stages of her life. And every single one of them is like nuanced, different, funny, engaging. Um, But what I also love is that the show is like very true to like Food for Thought and the things that we love in that it is one half... Completely ridiculous. The most disgusting, gratuitous (laughs) sex jokes you've ever heard in your entire life on TV. Like, truly, like, jaw-droppingly ridiculous jokes. Um, And that funny, just irreverence balanced with this devastation and this this sadness and this tenderness and every single episode feels like a movie like a mini mini movie um and i i i me ice queen i think cried maybe at least twice throughout the series like it was it was wow. so powerful
3: um that's the theme of today: is just Fran having emotions about I things. you know. Yeah. Is 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 go g- growth? Gr- g- growth, 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 growth. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I am so excited. To, none, none of the other thoughts have watched no. it, but we're all like, I'm gonna go after this is over and start it immediately. I cannot wait.
2: It is phenomenal, and it is a Spanish language um, show. But don't watch it with dubs. Watch it with subtitles. Be a good girl. Get off your phone. Read the read the dialogue. I promise it's it's worth it.
1: Mm. Mm. I'm so excited. I can't wait. This episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rose. Our producer Ooh. is the Pecorino to our Parmigiano, Alexandra De Palma. Parmigiano. Parmigiano. Subscribe, subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes because withholding only makes Joe hornier.
3: <laughs> that
1: is true. Oh my that god.
3: Is
4: 100% true. True. I'm excellent. I'm sitting here sitting That's here excellent. At my
1: own joke. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm Tommy Teebs Pico. You can find me at Hey Tebes, H-E-Y-T-E-B-S on Instagram, but not on Twitter, because I deleted that shit and I'm never going back, and it's the best decision I made of twenty twenty. Thank you.
3: I'm-, I'm Joseph Osmondson. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com
2: I'm Fran. Uh, don't follow me on social. Subscribe to my brand new newsletter, Mama. That's fransquishco.substack.com. Just find me on Substack, Fran Torado, Substack, Google it, whatever. Um, every Sunday or Monday, I send out a little list of things that bring me joy throughout the week. And honestly, it's been really fun to make. It's free if you can't afford it, but if you can't afford it, you should pay for it and you know help keep it free for everybody. And yeah, go subscribe.
4: Um, and I'm Dennis Norris II And you can find me on Twitter
1: At the Earl Den, Den T-H-E-E-A-R-L-D-E-N-D-E-N And finally Email us with your questions, thoughts, concerns And dick pics at thoughts At foodforthoughtpodcast.com As always, that's food, the number four And thoughts spelled how? T-H-O-T
4: God fucking damn That was our worst one yet
3: <laughs> it it gets worse. Hold <laughs> <laughs>
0: up.